This is an audio version of Future ML Systems Will Be Qualitatively Different by Jacob Steinhardt, published on the 11th of January 2022. This is included as one of the core readings in the AGI Safety Fundamentals course. In 1972, the Nobel Prize-winning physicist Philip Anderson wrote the essay More is Different. In it, he argues that quantitative changes can lead to qualitatively different and unexpected phenomena. While he focused on physics, one can find many examples of more is different in other domains as well, including biology, economics, and computer science. Some examples of more is different include uranium. With a bit of uranium, nothing special happens. With a large amount of uranium, packed densely enough, you get a nuclear reaction. DNA. Given only small molecules such as calcium, you can't meaningfully encode useful information. Given larger molecules such as DNA, you can encode a genome. Water. Individual water molecules aren't wet. Wetness only occurs due to the interaction forces between many water molecules interspersed throughout a fabric or other material. Traffic. A few cars on the road are fine, but with too many you get a traffic jam. It could be that 10,000 cars could traverse a highway easily in 15 minutes, but 20,000 on the road at once could take over an hour. And specialisation. Historically, in small populations, virtually everyone needed to farm or hunt to survive. In contrast, in larger and denser communities, enough food is produced for large fractions of the population to specialise in non-agricultural work. While some of the examples, like uranium, correspond to a sharp transition, others, like specialisation, are more continuous. I'll use emergence to refer to qualitative changes that arise from quantitative increases in scale, and phase transitions for cases where the change is sharp. In this post, I'll argue that emergence often occurs in the field of AI, and that this should significantly affect our intuitions about the long-term development and deployment of AI systems. We should expect weird and surprising phenomena to emerge as we scale up systems. This presents opportunities, but also poses important risks. Heading, Emergent Shifts in the History of AI There have already been several examples of quantitative differences leading to important qualitative changes in machine learning. First, storage and learning. The emergence of machine learning as a viable approach to AI is itself an example of more is different. While learning had been discussed since the 1950s, it wasn't until the 80s or 90s that it became a dominant paradigm. For instance, IBM's first statistical translation model was published in 1988, even though the idea was proposed in 1949. And here's a footnote with a quote from the IBM model authors, quote, In 1949, Warren Weaver suggested that the problem be attacked with statistical methods and ideas from information theory, an idea which he, Claude Shannon, and others were developing at the time. Although researchers quickly abandoned this approach, advancing numerous theoretical objections, we believe that the true obstacles lay in the relative impotence of the available computers and the death of machine-readable text from which to gather the statistics vital to such an attack. Today, computers are five orders of magnitude faster than they were in 1950 and have hundreds of millions of bytes of storage. Large, machine-readable corpora are readily available. End quote. That's into that footnote. Back to the text. Not coincidentally, one gigabyte of storage cost over $100,000 in 1981, but only around $9,000 in 1990, adjusted to $2021. The Hansard corpus used to train IBM's model comprised 2.87 million sentences and would have been difficult to use before the 80s. Even the simple MNIST dataset would have required $4,000 in hardware just to store in 1981, 
but that had fallen to a few dollars by 1998 when it was published. Cheaper hardware thus allowed for a qualitatively new approach to AI. In other words, more storage enabled different approaches. Here's a second example, compute, data, and neural networks. As hardware improved, it became possible to train neural networks that were very deep for the first time. Better compute enabled bigger models trained for longer, and better storage enabled learning from more data. AlexNet-sized models and ImageNet-sized datasets wouldn't have been feasible for researchers to experiment with in 1990. Deep learning performs well with lots of data and compute, but struggles at smaller scales. Without many resources, simpler algorithms tend to outperform it. But with sufficient resources, it pulls far ahead of the pack. This reversal of fortune led to qualitative changes in the field. As one example, the field of machine translation moved from phrase-based models with hand-coded features, complex systems engineering, to neural sequence-to-sequence models with learned features and specialised architecture and initialization, to simply fine-tuning a foundation model such as BERT or GPT-3. Most work on phrase-based models was obviated by neural translation, and the same pattern held across many other language tasks, where hard-won domain-specific engineering effort was simply replaced by a general algorithm. The next heading... Few-shot learning. More recently, GPT-2 and GPT-3 revealed the emergence of strong few-shot and zero-shot capabilities via well-chosen natural language prompting. Here are two graphs with parameter count on the x-axis in each case and on the y-axis we have the BLEU score. It's captioned, Top, few-shot machine translation performance on BLEU score for GPT-2. And then bottom, GPT-3, trained on more data, has an even starker curve going from 5 to 25 BLEU between 100 million and 400 million parameters. Unsupervised baselines, as well as fine-tuned state-of-the-art, are indicated for reference. Audio note, you can check out these graphs in the original post. It's interesting to note that the GPT-3 few-shot line shoots up very rapidly, crossing the benchmark for unsupervised statistical machine translation, with progress beginning to flatten out and GPT-3's few-shot learning crosses over the benchmark for fine-tuned state-of-the-art at around 10 to the power of 10 parameters. The text goes on. This was an unexpected and qualitatively new phenomenon that only appeared at large scales, and it emerged without ever explicitly training models to have these few-shot capabilities. Comparing GPT-2 to GPT-3 shows that the exact model size needed can vary due to the training distribution or other factors, But this doesn't affect the basic point that new capabilities can appear without designing or training for them. The next example, grokking. In 2021, Power et al. identified a phenomenon they call grokking. That's spelled G-R-O-K-K-I-N-G. Where a network's generalization behavior improves qualitatively when training it for longer, even though the training loss is already small. Specifically, for certain algorithmically generated logic or math datasets, Neural networks trained for 1,000 steps achieve perfect train accuracy, but near-zero test accuracy. However, after around 100,000 steps, the test accuracy suddenly increases, achieving near-perfect generalization by 1 million steps. And so here's a graph with optimization steps on the x-axis and accuracy on the y-axis, between 0 and 100%. The optimization steps is logarithmic. It starts at 10 and ends at 10 to the power of 6. The graph relates to modular division, training on 50% of data. And we notice that training performance goes from close to zero to close to 100 between 100 and 1,000 optimization steps. 
and stays at around 100%, with occasional oscillations beginning to flatten out more and more. However, the generalization, the ability to perform outside of the training dataset, stays close to zero for much longer. And it's only when it gets close to 10 to the power of 5 optimization steps that it suddenly shoots up to close to 100% as well. It's not a slow transition. Between 10 to the power of 5 and 10 to the power of 6 optimization steps, it traverses almost the entire distance between 0 and 100. Back to the text. This shows that even for a small model, we might encounter qualitative phase transitions as we train for longer. And here are some other potential examples. I'll briefly list other examples from recent papers. I don't think these examples are as individually clear-cut, but they collectively paint an interesting picture. First, McGrath et al. 2021 show that AlphaZero acquires many chess concepts at a phase transition near 32,000 training steps. Next, Pan et al. 2021 show that reward hacking sometimes occurs via qualitative phase transitions as model size increases. Next, DeepMind's recent Gopher model exhibits a phase transition on the fever task, acquiring the ability to evaluate evidence provided as side information. And here's another graph. Once again, it has parameters on the x-axis in logarithmic form and accuracy on the y-axis. It's got benchmarks for the supervised state-of-the-art and random three-way, and then performance on claim-only or claim-and-gold evidence. We notice that claim-only and claim-and-gold evidence both start at around the same level, between 30 and 40% accuracy, and then claim-and-gold evidence suddenly shoots up to close to the state-of-the-art, between 10 to the power of 9 and 10 to the power of 10 parameters. Next, Wei et al. 2021 show that instruction tuning hurts small models, but helps large models. Next, some few-shot tasks, such as arithmetic, show phase transitions with model size. See Brown et al. 2020. And a researcher linked here shares an anecdote similar to the Grocking paper. Heading. What this implies for the engineering worldview. In the introduction post to this series, I contrasted two worldviews called philosophy and engineering. The engineering worldview, which is favoured by most machine learning researchers, tends to predict the future by looking at empirical trends and extrapolating them forward. I myself am quite sympathetic to this view, and for this reason I find emergent behaviour to be troubling and disorienting. Rather than expecting empirical trends to continue, emergence suggests that we should often expect new qualitative behaviours that are not extrapolations of previous trends. Indeed, in this sense, engineering or at least pure trend extrapolation, is self-defeating as a tool for predicting the future. This is in contrast to using engineering to build capable and impressive systems today. If anything, recent developments have strongly solidified engineering's dominance for this task. The engineering worldview wants to extrapolate trends, but one trend is that emergent behaviour is becoming more and more common. Of the four phase transitions I gave above, the first, storage, occurred around 1995, and the second, compute, occurred around 2015. The last two occurred in 2020 and 2021. Based on past trends, we should expect future trends to break more and more often. This list is probably subject to selection bias and recency effects. Although I predict that my point would still hold up for a carefully curated list. For instance, I didn't include several ambiguous examples in my count. I would be happy to bet on more phase transitions in the future if any readers wish to take the other side. How can we orient ourselves when thinking about the future of AI despite the probability of frequent deviations from past experience? I'll have a lot more to say about this in the next few posts, but to put some of my cards on the table. Here are three points. First, confronting emergence will require adopting mindsets that are less familiar to most machine learning researchers, 
and utilising more of the philosophy worldview, in tandem with engineering and other worldviews. Next, future machine learning systems will have weird failure modes that don't manifest today, and we should start thinking about and addressing them in advance. Next point. On the other hand, I don't think that engineering as a tool for predicting the future is entirely self-defeating. Despite emergent behaviour, empirical findings often generalise surprisingly far, at least if we're careful in interpreting them. Utilising this fact will be crucial to making concrete research progress. This was an audio version of Future Machine Learning Systems Will Be Qualitatively Different by Jacob Steinhardt, published on the 11th of January 2022. It's included as one of the core readings in the AGI Safety Fundamentals course. This reading was by Perrin Walker and produced by Type 3 Audio.